the lessons that I learned in my uh, Seder, Stephen A., at Passover, where we related to old, what they called Negro spirituals, who related back to the Exodus, where they said, let my people go. We used to sing this that around the Passover. Really let my deep. people go. Are you serious right Yes. Now? You need to let Porzingis go. Oh, my God. Uh, do me a favor, please. Yeah. Go to commercial. See the shots that I took, wet like on book. You jump sides on me, now you about to meet Westbrook. Ben Steph Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Shot towns, T Rose, moving the next, BK. Booming out and supping there like Lou Will, six men like Lou Will. I be ballin', like my nigga Mo. What the f does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Arlowski. You're listening to the Basketball Podcast once again. This is episode six. It is January 9th, 2019. And thank you once again for stopping by and uh, checking out the new episode. Uh, we're still still just kind of figuring things out, even though we're uh, even though we're two months into this already. Still trying to figure out figure out my comfort zone and what I want to talk about and how I want to talk about it and you know all this shit but this is a uh, this is a good platform and opportunity to do so and I'm I'm thankful that I can uh, thankful that I can give it to the fuck is this who the fuck is calling me Jesus Christ you know what I'm keeping that in it'll be authentic um <laughs> I've actually gotten th- uh, like three or four fucking phone calls and voicemails telling me that I have uh telling me that something of mine is expired it always cuts off before before uh before that it just jumps right into telling me that something of mine is expired and because of this I have four felonies and the government is looking for me and the only way that I can clear my name is to call the number so if you get that if you get that phone call just hang up or keep it and send it to me just so I can have a good laugh um but anyway, we got a lot of NBA stuff to cover uh, today, and there's a lot that's been going on recently since uh, since the last time since the last time I came at you guys. Uh, forced, and, forced, first and foremost, Kristaps Porzingis. He is the power forward on the New York Knicks. He is their fa- he is the face of their franchise, and he has the possibility of being one of the best players in the NBA, <clears throat> if not the best uh, someday. And right now he's actually injured. I'm pretty sure he's uh, recovering from a from a torn ACL. And yeah, t- uh, ten months ago uh, in December, so it was. Uh, so now it's eleven months, and the recovery period for ACL, for for other people, for anybody, is pretty subjective. Um, now, if you're if you're a guard. If you're a small guard and you use your knee, uh, first of all, for those that, for those that don't know, um, your anterior cruciate ligament, your ACL, is probably the most important ligament in your knee, um, especially if you are uh, an athlete who relies on quick motions and uh, quick jump stops. Uh, I'm using basketball terms. If you're using <clears throat> any kind of quick quick lateral movement that would cause stress and pressure on your joints and your ligaments. You know, players like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, um, their knees their knees are pretty much non-existent. Um, Dwayne Wade, I'm pretty sure all the cartilage on his, uh, on his knees and meniscus are gone at this point. And Derrick Rose, 
He's had meniscus surgery. He's had uh, two meniscus surgeries. He's had an ACL tear. And, you know, they're they're still top-level athletes because they work so goddamn hard. But they're 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 never going to be what they were. And, you know, obviously age is going to factor into that as well. But when you've been playing basketball for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, in some, in some people's cases, uh, it's, it's just going to wear down your fucking knees and, and your feet and your back. And it happens to every single athlete. And that's the price that you pay for, for, you know, uh, living out your dream, getting paid all the money, maybe winning some championships, signing some endorsement deals. You know, that's 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 the price you pay. Guys like guys like Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal have said that like, yeah, like I fucking wake up every morning and uh my back is killing me. I'm in so much pain. But then you think about like how lucky you were to have that opportunity and to make and to be able to make that kind of money and genera- generational wealth based off of your talent and your ability alone. You know, you'd, you'd you'd probably take that any day of the week. You know, you could you could pay for all the for all the painkillers that you that really that you want in order to have yourself live a a quote unquote normal rest of your existence post basketball post sports. You know, so um, Chris Stapps is approaching, and it pretty I'm pretty sure he has just passed 11 months since he had that surgery on his uh, on his ACL on his knee. And he should be back soon. That's that's uh, the timetable for ACL is always like I said. It's it's weird because uh, traditionally it's about eight to twelve months. Is a, it's 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 that's usually the the recovery period. Could happen in six. Could take longer than twelve. You know, Adrian Peterson in the NFL uh, back in back in 2012, 2013, around there. Uh, he tore his ACL and his MCL, so two knee two knee ligaments, and he was he's he he plays running back. A lot of stress on the knees, a lot of stress on your entire body. That's why uh, the average career of an NFL running back is only three years. Now you know that's not factoring in the guys that are good and play the entire the entirety of their career. It's just that it's so it 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 just happens so often that that running backs just get worn down and they just can't do it anymore because it is such a taxing position. Uh, Derrick Rose could have came back uh, in his uh, uh, what's the fucking word? He could have came back in his uh, allotted time or uh, his his recovery plan was eight to twelve months, and he was supposed to come back midway through. Midway through the season, and he didn't, and that led to, you know, the narrative that Derrick Rose was soft and, you know, all this injury stuff, and, you know, deservedly so. Uh, looking back on it, deservedly so. Derrick Rose definitely should have played and uh, got back up to speed quicker with some game action, but, you know, I digress. Uh, anyway, Chris Stapps should come back at some point, and. At some point soon, maybe even this season, maybe not. Nobody really knows. Uh, but when he does come back, he is expected to return to form, and that's not going to stop any team from pursuing him, whether it's uh, trying to sign him in free agency or trade for him, uh, or trade the Knicks for him. Trade with the Knicks for him. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs have recently said that they have a lot of they have a lot of interest in going after Przingis in the offseason, um, where he will be a restricted free agent. Now, what that means, 
Um, free agency across all the sports means that once your contract with your current team is up, you are completely free to talk to uh, talk to the rest of the the rest of the teams in the league, uh, work out a new deal with them. It, you're you're completely on your own. You are not under contract anymore, and you are a you're a free person to do what you want. <clears throat> Now, if you are a that that means you are an unrestricted free agent. If you are a restricted free agent, that means that when you were drafted, you know you signed your rookie deal. Say you know whatever. You say you're Porzingis. You sign your rookie deal with the Knicks. Uh, rookie deals are usually always four years, and the money you make is based off uh, how high you were picked. You know if you were picked, if you were the first person picked or the last person picked, obviously you're gonna make you're gonna make different amounts of money. The catch is uh, once your contract is up, once those four years are up, you have the ability to go. You you can go talk to anybody you want. You can still you can still test the free agent waters and talk to teams and uh, and you can discuss deals. You sign what is called an offer sheet. Your new team say say Przingis wanted to go to the San Antonio Spurs. He would have to sign an offer sheet with them first for however much money they can offer him, the max they can offer him, whatever, because Przingis is going to command a lot. So he signs that offer sheet. The New York Knicks now have three days to match the offer and give Przingis all that money. So the Knicks have all the leverage and all the power. If he signs an offer sheet with San Antonio or literally any other team, the Knicks have the right to match the money that they're offering him and pay that exact amount to him, but he stays on the Knicks. So restricted free agents know they they know the deal. They know that you know they'll sign an offer sheet with one team, and if the t- if their previous team or their current team whatever wants them back, then then they'll sign the money because. Uh, Chicago saw this with Zach Levine uh, this offseason, just to give you a, just to give you an idea of uh, more of an idea of how this works. Uh, the Bulls, Zach Levine rather, uh, was looking for a certain amount of money. Let's say, uh, well, the contract that he ended up getting was four years, eighty million. So let's just say he was looking for that. The Bulls were willing to go for four years and sixty million. Say, they were. Uh, their numbers were farther apart, and obviously this was not going anywhere in terms of contract negotiation. So Zach Levine took it upon himself to go and talk to the San, uh, San Francisco, the, San, the Sacramento Kings, uh, signed the four-year $80 million deal with them, uh, signed that offer sheet, and almost immediately, like within two hours, the Bulls matched the deal, and Zach Levine is now in Chicago for, for the next four years. So that's that's how restricted free agency works. So it's basically up to the Knicks whether or not they want to keep Porzingis around. And the thing about the thing about that is like the Knicks the Knicks are definitely one of the worst run organizations in all of sports. While they have improved in uh some some player selection with uh with Porzingis for one um Sign they 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 signed Ennis Cantor to a deal, but he's not really. I don't know if he's necessarily a part of their future. They drafted Kevin Knox forward. They have a bunch of guards in um, in Moutier, Trier, 
Natil how the I don't even know how you how you say his name Frank Natalinka Natalinka I don't know he he's been in the league for like three years and I still don't know how to say his fucking name uh, but um, but anyway uh, Perzingis is one of the best big men in the league that's no doubt he just needs to stay healthy you know he's he's dealt with. Uh, he's dealt with long-term injuries since he's come into the league. And there's there's a ton of players that do that, and you just have to calculate whether or not signing him to a big-time deal is worth the risk, you know, locking up all that money to a guy that you're not going to be able to utilize or could ultimately... I mean, because with injuries, nobody ever knows. Nobody ever knows if you're going to come back the same person. Most likely, you're going to come back the same person because because medical technology has evolved to a point where an ACL tear is just an inconvenience. You know, it it the only reason that an ACL tear is 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 so devastating, well, you know, aside from the fact that it's that it's in your knee. But uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that you know. There's there's a bunch you can there's a bunch of different ligaments and joints and bones that you can break or tear or injure throughout your body and they're all gonna be they're all gonna take their own amount of time and you know some of them are more serious than others of course um, but the fact that the ACL tear takes pretty much a year to fully recover from. You know that's that's basically the only inconvenience, and I say that because, like I said, medical technology has gotten to a point where, yes, it's going to take a year, and that is you know you're you're impeding the team's process, you're impeding the player's growth. However, you're most likely going to come back the same player, whereas, you know, even ten years ago that wasn't the case. So. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to say that an ACL tear isn't significant. I was just saying that back in the day, it was basically a career ending injury and a death sentence. Now it's just, okay, well, he's going to be off for a year. He's just got to take care of it. And uh, more likely than not, he's going to come back uh, either the same player or maybe even a little better. There's that small chance that he could come back worse, of course. You know, the injury could definitely fuck up his game and and his career i mean that happens to everybody that well that it can't happen to anybody that's happened to a it's happened to a whole bunch of fucking players but Przingis just has to come back and establish himself as one of the league's best bigs make sure that he stays healthy and does whatever he needs to do to ensure that and he'll be looking at a big payday whether he wants to stay in new york with the bright lights and the shitty team or go somewhere small like San Antonio where you have a, a better chance of winning. That's uh, that's going to be up to him. Uh, what's next? Jimmy Butler. He is, uh, he's instigating again. Um, last week or... Yeah, last week. Last week, uh, of course, he's on the 76ers. They are coached by Brett Brown. And Jimmy confronted Brown last week about his role in the offense. Now, you have to just remember, the 76ers have three... Yeah, pretty much superstars on their team in in Butler, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. All of these guys are going to command a, uh, are going to command uh, attention on defense, um, and you're going to want to utilize them on offense for sure. 
Um, it's the hard part. The hard part of 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 Brett Brown's job is to allocate is to allocate the minutes and the plays and the usage of of those stars in order for them all to be happy and satisfied and give the team the best uh, the best option to win. Now, Jimmy confronted him basically just saying like I'm not being I'm not being utilized enough. You know, the, frankly the 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 team is suffering because because I'm not playing to my abilities. And the reason I'm not playing to those abilities is because I'm not getting the opportunity and the chance. And Brett Brown uh, told the media afterwards, like, yes, me and, you know, me and Jimmy had a talk. He, he approached me very professionally about, uh, about wanting, wanting more minutes, wanting, wanting more plays drawn for him. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it was a, uh, I don't think it was a, a disrespectful gesture. You know, that's what, he, that's what he said. That's basically what he said to the media. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, however, the media flipped it completely and basically made it seem like Jimmy was, you know, up to his diva ways again, which in a way that's probably always going to be a part of Jimmy and that's who he is and that's fine. But, you know, the Bleacher Report notifications and the ESPN headlines saying that like, oh, Jimmy aggressively attacked Brett Brown about not being not being the focal point of the offense. It's like, shut the fuck up. How can you flip a fucking narrative so so quickly and and it's it's it, it's immediately it's immediately just taken just just taken uh as as truth. You know, where are these guys getting their sources from? You know, you know, in 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 all sports, especially especially in the NBA and the NFL, you know there are there can be there can be rumors and there can be you know half truths that get that get reported and it's basically uh, it's basically presented as the as the whole story. You know, just like this this Jimmy situation, and you know, just because just because the star player. The problematic star player goes to the fucking coach and has a legitimate question about his role on the fucking team in the offense. You know, and you know, I and I get it that journalism is not nearly what it once was, and it's basically just whoever can get the most clicks and page views. And you know, from that from that perspective and the business perspective, you know, like I get where they're coming from, but it's just really shitty, you know. It's just really shitty to me that that this that this can just you know, because Jimmy's reputation is being is is on the line here. You know, we all know what happened in in uh, Minnesota where he basically forced his way out by by calling all of his other teammates soft, including. Uh, superstar number one pick uh carl anthony towns uh and in chicago he he butted heads with with uh tom thibodeau with management uh even with derrick rose at times and you know he found his way out of there and it seems like they're pushing the narrative that jimmy is this problem everywhere he goes and while while i i i do believe that there is some truth to that I, I, I do think that Jimmy doesn't necessarily help himself enough. 
Now I I respect the hell out of out of Jimmy Butler and how he and how he carries himself. You know, I wish I had the confidence of Jimmy Butler. You know, he he time and time again he's bet on himself and and won. You know, whether it be for a new contract, uh, for a new team or whatever. He he's he's just he's he's a very real dude. You know, he's he's not going to fabricate anything. He's just going to give it to you straight. And that's what he and that's what he did with Brett Brown. He just went up to him and told him, "Hey, I'm not happy with my fucking role on the offense. What can we do to to improve to improve the fucking team while also, you know, not taking away from anybody and, you know, uh, it's 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 a team game and that's and that's a thing that that people forget sometimes. You know, it's for in order for the championship to be won, in order to get to the playoffs, in order to succeed and just win games, the team has to click. You know, obviously, a, a player can completely take over a game every once in a while and score fifty, and the you know, <laughs> put the ball in their hands and it's fucking over. But you need you need the whole team in order to have sustained success. And frankly, that's all Jimmy was doing was trying to ensure that he can make this season worthwhile for him because Jimmy, Jimmy could end up leaving at the end of the season. He's going to be a free agent. He could go to LA. He could stay in Philadelphia, but if the 76ers don't pick it up and, you know, show Jimmy that they're, that they're serious, then, then Jimmy has all the leverage with being an unrestricted free agent. He can just up and leave. And then they traded away Robert Covington and Saric for nothing. So what Jimmy did, I think, was mature. Um, obviously, he can have some uh, diva tendencies, but you know when you're that when you're that confident and you're and you're that cocky and you're that sure of yourself and your abilities, and when you're that kind of when you're that caliber of player that Jimmy Butler is, you know you have to you have to just take a step back and. You know, just maybe listen, listen to him every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure the Timberwolves are happy they got rid of him when they did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, uh, they, they rectified the get, getting rid of Zach Levine and uh, and Chris Dunn and the pick for Markinen. I guess sort of. Not they didn't completely fix fix uh getting fleeced in that deal but they did get back uh Sarge and Covington so at least I got something for him because uh, he, he's not going back there but uh, other than that um the Timberwolves uh actually have been having a pretty shitty week all things considered uh Tom Thibodeau their head coach and uh, president of basketball operations was fired uh after defeating the Lakers by 20 points uh <laughs> this was um <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this was on uh, Sunday night. They fired him, and then news broke, and players talked about it on Monday. Um, Tibbs, uh, if if you follow the NBA, then you know that Tibbs is a defensive-minded coach, um, doesn't like to play a lot of rookies, very strict, uh, a lot of minutes for the big star players that uh, that can ha- that Tibbs thinks can handle the that kind of workload. And hasn't really ever been known as a coach to as a coach to adapt and change his ways when something isn't going right. So that I think that's kind of why they got rid of him and they might be going in a new direction with just with you know the style of play 
the style of play that they're trying to they're trying to run. And even though they had four or five fucking uh, former Bo- former Bulls players on the team because Thibodeau used to coach there, uh, I, I mean you know, they were they were okay after after the Jimmy trade, especially since Derrick Rose kind of revived his career with them. Um, but yeah, Tibbs Tibbs is out as the coach. Uh, Flip Saunders' son, Ryan Saunders. Uh, Flip used to uh, be the owner and coach of the team before he passed away uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Ryan Saunders is the interim head coach. And now Tom Thibodeau, I guess, is just going to play the waiting game again. And he's just going to be collecting his money, just like he was from Chicago. And he's just going to be watching film and having a good time by himself, I guess. But uh, in response to the firing, Derrick Rose had some words to say. Uh, he basically just let... Uh, let the media know how how much he appreciates and respects Tibbs, and how much he credits him for um, for igniting his career in Chicago and reviving it um, in Minnesota. So there's obviously that emotional connection between those two. And um, Rose said that uh, for any of the doubters that believe that he's going to regress because Tibbs is gone. Uh, he told his doubters to uh, kill yourself, kill yourselves. Now, if 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 you're like me and things, you know, things that uh, athletes say in press conferences or really any celebrity or whatever, you know, if it's if it's said just kind of like tongue in cheek or you know, whatever, as long as it's not really egregious or or personally attacking somebody, you know, then. It's not really a big deal. Obviously, Derrick Rose isn't telling fucking NBA fans that, hey, if you don't like my style of play, you know, just fucking die. You know, it's it's obviously not what he's saying. You know, I mean, he probably shouldn't have said it. Probably should be mindful of, of you know, the situation and the environment and the repercussions that you could face. You know, I, it... To me, it wasn't a big deal, but I can definitely understand and and uh, see why it was a stupid thing to say. With you know, especially with um, with mental health and suicide and all of this being more of a hot button topic than ever, um, it, it it definitely was not definitely was not the the appropriate thing to say given the situation. But, you know, just as a as a phrase to throw around, you know, like, you know, people say that all the time. And the people that criticized him for saying it have probably said it themselves, you know, just kind of like as a joker in passing. But, you know, Derrick Rose just tried to, uh, <laughs> I guess all Derrick Rose has to, has to do is just try to refrain from using any kind of slang that people would deem offensive, but... Could be hard. Could be hard to do, because because everybody gets offended by a lot of things. Um, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, the other the other big name on the Timberwolves, I guess. Um, after after their game versus the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, um, where a lot happened. I'm going to cover that uh, just a little bit uh, before this uh, before the story a- after the story wraps up before we leave. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. 
stepped into a uh, stepped into an altercation uh, trying to break up Dennis Schroeder and I believe Jeff Teague. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a point guard on the Thunder. Teague is a point guard on the Wolves. And they got into it, and Wiggins just tried to, I guess, get in between them. And they, you know, there were there were other players getting in there as well. And uh, after the game, uh, reporters approached Wiggins at his locker, and they asked him about what the hell happened. And he was just like, "Yeah, like Schroeder was, Schroeder was acting crazy, and you know, I'm not really afraid of him, and all this." But uh, early on in in that remark, he it Wiggins claims. Okay, first and foremost. Um, Wiggins was accused of saying a homophobic slur by calling by calling uh, Schroeder gay, and that was the reason that he lashed out and why he's a bad person or whatever. You know that that's that was that was the narrative or the story that was that was initially kind of put out there. Now, if you listen to the video, you know, like Andrew Wiggins kind of kind of mumbles when he talks. You know, his voice is kind of deep and it could be hard to understand, you know, especially you know, on a recording. Uh, but when you listen to the video, it definitely sounds like it definitely sounds like it's one syllable, like he's saying the word gay. Um, Wiggins Wiggins claims and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's telling the truth. I don't have any reason to not believe him. Uh, he said that he was he meant to say getting and like either he just like stopped mid sentence or or he mumbled it, uh, but, but he was. Let me see if I could get the actual uh, the actual quote because uh, JJ Redick kind of uh, faced this this uh, same problem last season when he was doing a promotional video for the 76ers, <clears throat> and it was um, oh geez I can't breathe. <clears throat> Wish I could burp. <clears throat> Wish I could burp right now, but I can't. Um, anyway, JJ Redick was doing a promotional video, I believe, with this. Uh, yeah, it, he was with the Sixers. I believe it was for um, uh, like Chinese Heritage Night or some, so, something like that. And like as he was saying, as he was trying to say Chinese or like where he should have said Chinese, it sounded like he started to say the word chink. And he like immediately corrected himself, and you know, like, and people equated, you know, people just automatically jumped on him and called him just Im- immediately, one hundred percent labeled him racist, and and you know all this. I I'm not JJ Redick. I don't know what goes on in his head. I don't know the kind of person that he is. But to me, he may have started to say something and then corrected himself. You know, definitely not. You know, trying to be hurtful. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know the guy. It's just my opinion. Um, but, you know, I I, I, I got to take Andrew Wiggins' word for it and just, you know, like he's he hasn't given me any reason to, to believe that he's a compulsive liar or that he's this piece of shit, you know, homophobe. It's just that, once again, the media kind of just ran with this, with this hot story. You know that Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins homophobic is you know uh, and you know they just they just ran with it even though even though beforehand he tweeted out and clarified that like you know I have no ill will towards the LGBT community I am not homophobic you know he he clarified and let everybody know 
you know, that he's setting the record straight. And they and uh, ESPN in particular still ran the headline that you know Andrew Wiggins, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Well, let me get the headline. I I pulled it up, but I never fucking read it. But um, yeah, the headline runs. Andrew Wiggins says he meant no disrespect with gay remark, implying that he did in fact use the word gay instead of start to say getting and change mid sentence. It's it's. It's a big mess, and I've, you know, no one's ever going to know exactly what he said or exactly what he meant. Nobody's going to be able to get into Andrew Wiggins' head and look at his past and look at his you know, memories. You just have to take Andrew Wiggins' word for it that he's telling the truth. And if he's not, then you know, that's on him. That's on his conscience. Uh, finally, during that game, during that uh, Minnesota OKC game, backup center for the Thunder, Nerlens Noel, uh, he went up actually to to block Wiggins on a dunk attempt, and Wiggins, while while even even though he missed the dunk, uh, ended up elbowing uh, Nerlens Noel in the face, causing him to violently fall to the hardwood and have his head, the side of his head, bounce off the court. Uh, he was unresponsive, laying on the floor for a while before the stretcher came out. Um. Uh, it's only a concussion. Uh, obviously, nobody wants a concussion, but uh, there were some people believing and speculating that it could be something, something more damaging, like nerve damage or a spine injury. Um, obviously, a concussion is no fun, but I would definitely have a concussion over a uh, long-lasting sp- uh, spinal injury. So, uh, so, <clears throat> so. Uh. So speedy recovery to Noel. Uh, finally, uh, <laughs> this is the last time, I swear. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins most likely going to make his Warriors debut on January 11th versus the Clippers. Uh, the NBA is actually looking into the signing and near immediate le- release that the Cavaliers pulled on the Warriors restricted free agent Patrick McCaw. And uh, Ennis Cantor and Zach Randolph have been uh, part of trade talks between the Knicks and the Kings as just kind of like uh, salary swaps. Uh, actually, no, uh, Ennis Cantor, I'm pretty sure, has another another year on his deal, but Zach Randolph's uh, contract is expiring, uh, which would give the Knicks a, um, which would allow the Knicks to have cap room going into next offseason to maybe sign a guy like uh, Kevin Durant. But I don't think Kevin Durant's going to go there. If Przingis isn't there, you know, if he goes to San Antonio, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're bringing it all back around. Uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode. Uh, wanted to get here, wanted to get in here and do a quick one. Uh, and I ended up going over uh, because I like to ramble. But uh, hopefully you like to listen to me ramble and you'll come back next week. Uh, you can find the podcast on social media, at Basketball Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it's going to be at Basketballin. Uh, my social medias are going to be at Brandon Orlowski, uh, across all the platforms. It's just going to be my name, Brandon, and then O-R-L-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, so Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, if I'm forgetting any, I'm probably, probably on there as Brandon Orlowski as well. And, uh, if you want to email us any questions, uh, you can send those to basketballpodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on any of the social media platforms. Uh, all right. Next week, uh, maybe not even next week. I'm just, I've noticed that I'm just kind of doing these willy nilly and not really with any kind of, uh, schedule or schedule or anything. Uh, maybe we can figure something out, but I'm kind of liking how it's just kind of sporadic. Uh, if you guys want a fucking set schedule, 
you can send those in the email. Uh, once again, I'm Brandon Orlowski. This is the Basketball Podcast. This was episode six, and uh, hopefully we see you next time for episode seven. All right, thank you. Take that for data. <laughs>